0: Well, as always, thank you so much to all of those who are part of our worship service today. For Tom Huber, who is our liturgist, for our praise team, and Wesley Choir, who lead our music, and for Gary Brewbaker, who puts things together for us. Thank you. We are in between series right now. Um, next week, we'll talk about ordinary miracles, um, bread, water, and mud. Um, well, for the next three weeks, we will. Um, but today, uh, as Labor Day, Labor Day weekend is here, um, I think that it's a time to think about so much, of course, <clears throat> um, because so much in life, um, it seems unsettling, maybe, um, or overwhelming or unsettled. It can feel chaotic or overwhelming. And I think that's in different ways for each of us. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to say that things feel overwhelming or unsettled. It's also okay to say that things feel okay. It's, it's different for everyone. And our overwhelmings or even our okays are different. And that doesn't mean that what overwhelms us isn't valid. Your overwhelming is different than mine. Your heart is different than mine. In our passage today, peace be still is what Jesus says. What do rest and Sabbath mean today? Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, Labor Day marks, um, I think it's the unofficial end of summer, um, or maybe it's the official end of summer, wherever meteorological summer falls um but for the most part kids are back in school um, you can hear some of the kids playing in the background here um, you don't wear white if after labor day um, i don't know where that rule came from um, but anyway um, it used to be that most schools didn't start until after labor day in some states that's still true or some communities that's still true Um, and so our schedules have changed a little bit over the years Uh, labor day was recognized as a federal holiday by president grover cleveland in 1894. so it was recognized um, in 1894 as a federal holiday um, and in 1930s um, unions were encouraging strikes if the day wasn't acknowledged or recognized by employers and it was intended to be a day honoring to honor working and to continue to advocate advocate for better working conditions. That's still a good opportunity to do today um, as we talk about who workers are and and what it means to work and um, in the midst of all kinds of conversations around shortages and workers' rights. Um, and and also, I think that it reminds us um, just about the rhythms and how things um, have changed. School is back in session for many of our communities, um, and they have been for a little while. And so Labor Day marks a change in rhythms. For some, it means that there's sports or band uh, practices or concerts or um, there is homework to be done or lesson plans to write. Um, for some, it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, maybe your work doesn't change at the at the at the beginning of Labor Day. Um, but I think that it does remind us that in the middle of life, there is there's rarely a time that we say we're not busy enough. I think. We are often busier than we'd like to be um, or find ourselves needing different rhythms. I think that we're told many ways throughout throughout culture that we're not worth anything unless we're productive. Um, It's about how much we can give or how much we can make or how much we can do. And we have a culture that really celebrates how busy we are, whether you're working or you're not. So when you think about what self-care is or taking care of yourself, um, what do you think of? And maybe one of the first things that comes to mind is um, there has been a lot of conversation uh, over the last few years, especially about self-care. And a lot of times it's around conversations about how women take care of themselves. and so maybe you think, well, self-care is something that women do, but that's not true. Um, taking care of ourselves is something that we should all do. Um, and maybe some of your first thoughts are about like pedicures or manicures or spa days or um, maybe massages or eating that extra piece of chocolate cake. Um, and those can, be, um, those can be ways that we take care of ourselves or find pleasure or joy. Um, and those are nice and relaxing but they're actually not self-care as much as they are self-comfort. And um, and sometimes they can trick us into believing that we're taking care of ourselves when we're actually just putting a band-aid on the real problem. Self-care is hard work and takes discipline to keep as a part of our lives and our routines. Self-care can include things like getting a good night's rest or drinking enough water. Um, making sure that you're breathing well, going to the doctor, taking the medications that you need to take, exercising, um, eating properly. So these are all things that don't sound as fun or as glamorous as like eating chocolate cake or um, getting a massage. And while those things are okay and good for us sometimes, sometimes, um, self-care is something that is much deeper. It's about how we change our rhythms And what our rhythms look like. Throughout the scriptures we're we're taught about these rhythms in so many different ways. Some of it is in practical ways like honor the Sabbath and keep it holy and some of it is in ways and how things are supposed to be planted or what seasons there are for certain things whether that be emotions or um, or grains. How do we how do we unpack and find these rhythms? And how do we rest in the middle of all of that? When I've talked with some folks before, and even myself, when somebody will say, oh, how was your weekend? Or what did you do this weekend? Um, I found myself occasionally being like, oh my gosh, I was so lazy this weekend. I did absolutely nothing. Um, a lot of people ask me, oh, what did you do for your birthday? My birthday was a couple weeks ago. Um, and the truth is I did nothing. Um, I literally did nothing. I laid in bed, I watched some TV, um, I rested. It was the first time in a long time that I had nothing on my schedule and I just rested. Um, And so somebody, I don't remember, somebody said to me, oh, so it was just like a lazy day. And I thought, well, I mean, yeah, but when did resting become lazy? Why, Why isn't it just taking care of ourselves sometimes? And I think it's lazy if your worth is wrapped up in production and producing something. But rest is, rest is more than just a nap. Um, We need rhythms of rest. There was a reason that the 10 commandments included, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It was to remind us that our identity is not in what we do or what we build, but who we are and whose we are. We are beloved children of God all of us, without exception, are beloved children of God. And sometimes we need rest to remind us of that, to remind us that we're human beings and not human doings. Now this rest might be sitting next to a river and reconnecting with creation, sitting on your deck, listening to the kids playing outside or enjoying the breeze. It might be marveling at a sunset or a sunrise for those early risers, reflecting on the day or spending time in prayer or meditation, or maybe it's laughing around a campfire with family and friends. Recreation or recreation reminds us that we are created for more than just work, more than just being busy. We're created for life, for life abundant. Now, Jesus, Jesus, um, there are so many times that I read stories about Jesus, and I think goodness, that is probably the opposite of how people would tell you to do things today. Um, Jesus was often doing things that may not be popular. Um, he upset people with things that he said and he did. Uh, he ate with those who were considered the lowest of society, and also with temple officials, with the priests and the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, And there were times that he would slip away uh, to quiet places from everyone else or that he would be praying in moments where people wanted to talk to him. He took naps in the middle of storms like today. Jesus did things that maybe didn't always make sense and maybe still don't make sense. This passage from Mark comes after a series of healings and teaching, um, teaching a number of parables, and so Jesus has this large crowd that's following around him and listening to him um, and and learning from him, and so the, he then tells the disciples like this is where you would think that he would tell the disciples gather everybody up I've got some more things to say, um, but instead he says let's go I, we're gonna go across the uh, across to the other side. And so they're gonna go across to the other side of the lake. And so they get on the boat. Um, and this is also like Jesus might be thinking, I, I mean, I would think that Jesus is like, let's have this small intimate time of teaching. I'm gonna teach all the disciples. But instead what he does is he falls asleep. And so he falls asleep on the boat and a storm brews up and the disciples freak out. And so Jesus wakes up, I, um, I maybe think of Jesus as being kind of annoyed and maybe that's because if I'm getting woken up from a nap, I'm kind of annoyed. Um, But Jesus wakes up annoyed and then says to everything, peace, be still. And the storm calms down and the disciples calm down. And then Jesus, I I wonder if Jesus went back to sleep after that. If he's like, peace, be still, and then go to go to sleep, everybody. I, um, I think that there is something comforting about a good thunderstorm. You know, one of those good summer thunderstorms where the rain is falling and, and you hear that thunder and you can just curl up in bed. And then of course they can go too far as we have seen. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was, we were, Stephen and I were at the Winnebago County Fair with my niece and nephew and sister and brother-in-law. And um, we knew that there was rain forecasted for the night, um, but we thought that we had made enough time to be able to do all of the things that we needed to do and get everything done that we wanted to do before it started raining. Um, But you know, as sometimes weather does, um, it started raining a little bit before we were ready. And my nephew gets a little nervous around storms. Uh, So as the thunder started rolling in and the lightning started to make a little show in the sky, he started to get nervous and his pace picked up um, as he walked faster and faster um, and his voice got more concerned as we made our way out of um, out of the fairgrounds now if someone had said peace be still to the storm in that moment it would have been his dream come true and there we were rushing out of the fairgrounds trying to well, sit and in park, the parking lot um, until we could leave. Peace, be still. Now, we can talk about real storms, which are important, and it's important to acknowledge and um, talk about what the effects of some of those real storms are, and also um, to think about even those metaphorical storms in our life, because life really is full of storms, isn't it? Sometimes we can see them coming and we can even predict them. And sometimes we can't. Sometimes they catch us off guard and sometimes we're sleeping in the front of the boat. Peace, be still. Have you ever noticed um, that when you're trying to calm someone down, one of the best things to do is just to tell them to calm down doesn't work does it like if some if you're upset about something and somebody's like just calm down that just seems to make you more upset doesn't it my sister called me um this summer when um, their whole house had tested positive for covid and she was upset and feeling overwhelmed Um, this was not how things had been planned to go and um, i let her talk um, quickly and and share everything that she was feeling and then i just slowly and calmly talk to her she called it my calm down voice and we just talked and it wasn't long before she slowed down and she felt a little bit better sometimes peace be still is slowing down sometimes peace be still is taking a break Sometimes peace, be still, is falling asleep. Sometimes peace, be still, is taking a deep breath. Peace, be still. Because rest is an important part of life. We don't really have a proper concept of work until we have a proper concept of rest everything has its place and it's not just about production. It's about living as a child of God. So how do you make space for rest or for silence? Now maybe for you that means signing off of social media for a time or um, not checking the news first thing in the morning. I found that if I checked my social media first thing in the morning I felt anxious or on edge all day So it's no longer the first thing I check in the morning, I do my Wordle first, um, because I need space for silence and to wake up and to breathe into the day. Maybe it's not engaging with that one person that you know you are going to disagree with. Maybe it's turning off the radio while you're driving and listening in silence. Maybe it is taking an afternoon nap, or a morning nap, or an evening nap. Maybe it's spending time in prayer or in meditation. Maybe it's reading the scriptures. There are many ways to make space for rest and for silence. Now, I think a lot of times we know what we're craving. We know what we need. And so sometimes we just need to do the thing that we need to give ourselves permission to rest and to be peace be still what is peace to you when do you feel peaceful now I think a lot of times we think about peace in terms of being quiet and maybe that's true it's like sitting on a mossy floor in the middle of the forest maybe for you that is peaceful maybe it's those first few minutes before the rest of the house is awake before your morning coffee maybe it's sitting next to a babbling brook and those may be peaceful and also they may not be. For someone who lives alone, peace may not be quiet because it's often quiet. Peace may not be just the few moments to yourself because that's all you have. Peace may look different to you and that's okay. Morgan Harper Nichols, who is an author and a poet, she says, peace is a state of mind, heart, body, and soul. It's the freedom to breathe, even in the face of great challenges and chaos. Peace is the river in the desert, not on the other side of it. Peace, be still. You are worthy to live in peace. You are worthy to live in rest. You don't have to prove your worth to God or to anyone. You don't have to prove that you work hard enough to rest. Because God isn't counting what you produce, God really isn't counting anything. God's love isn't earned, it's given freely, and it's given to you. Morgan Harper Nichols, she says, for even when we haven't seen the other side, uh, the other side of the issues we're facing, we are still worthy of breathing deep and knowing peace right here amid them. Breathe deeply. It's all around you. The spirit, this peace, the shalom, it has been from the beginning and it will be forever and ever. God is with you always. Rest, peace be still. Find ways to practice your peace for yourself, for your family, for your community for the world peace be still take a deep breath breathe in all that is of God and breathe out all that is not take a deep breath and keep breathing peace be still